0: There's a saying out there that's like, your network is your net worth. And I value that and I completely agree with that because I wouldn't be here today as a photographer, as a creative, um, successful in my business without my community supporting me all the way.
1: Welcome to Millennial Grinders, the podcast for creatives and marketers who are navigating the difficult path to success as entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erica Peter. And speaking about difficult path, Launching a business is already hard enough, but starting in a field that you have no experience in is even harder. Well, that's the story of our guest today. Her name is Winnie Lao, She's a successful brand and product photographer based in New York city, and she used to be an engineer. Hello Winnie. Welcome to the Million Grinders Podcast. Thank you for being here.
0: Thanks for having me, Erica. How are you doing today?
1: I am great. I'm super excited to have you here. I mean, I've been wanting to interview you for months and I'm super happy that you accepted to do this. So anyway, I'm going to let you introduce yourself.
0: Yeah, my name is Winnie. I am a New York brand photographer. I create bright and vivid imagery for purpose-driven brands. That's so a little bit about what I do.
1: Nice. So, one thing that not everybody knows about you is that your background is actually in civil engineering. So, how did you end up becoming a photographer?
0: Yeah, I um, I studied engineering my whole life. It's so crazy to think about that. And I was in the industry for a couple of years, and. Um, you know, you can definitely tell that, like, it wasn't something I really loved. It was very different when you're going to school for engineering versus actually doing engineering. It was completely different. And, you know, I was going with the flow, and I realized like, I wasn't in love with what I was doing. And I think part of it was finding out something else that I wanted to do. But I love taking photos of New York City skyline. Like, I have photos back to date from high school of New York. Um, and how it was before. And that kind of evolved into taking pictures of people. And now it evolved into taking pictures of um, commercial work for a brand. Mm,
1: that's very nice. So have you been building your business as a side hustle before going full time?
0: You know, no, I didn't actually. I, I didn't really do a lot of side hustle like people. Um, a lot of my my friends do. Um, I think part of it was I was kind of thrown on the deep end for that. It just was like, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. Continue. i going to focus more on photography. And I gave myself about six months or about eight months to really figure out if this was the right fit for me. And that was hard. I um, I didn't really even know how to use Photoshop when I first was exploring photography. I knew how to use Lightroom, which is kind of like basic editing, um, really quick color correction editing. I shadowed a photographer, a headshot photographer based in New York, so I can build that experience. Um, But no, no, I I didn't have it as SideHouse at all. I kind of threw myself on the deep end and was like, go swim, go learn how to learn how to run a business
1: wow you know like you mentioned that uh you gave yourself six months but what was your plan what was your limits to tell yourself okay now I know that I can do it
0: yeah I think part of that battle was um financially is this even feasible that was the big question that I had for myself when I started doing and I started running a photography business like everyone always talks about how oh as a photographer or as a creative you're a starving artist and um as much as I love the crap I was like I can't starve I must find ways to eat so that was the point of me where I realized like okay is this sustainable can I live in New York City out of all places with a photography um business um that was kind of my pushing point. So I was re- I realized that like okay, what are ways that I can use my art, use my craft and I can make money so I can live in New York and so I can sustain. That was kind of like my big pushing point, I would say. <laughs>
1: wow. For me it's very surprising because you gave yourself 6 months. 6 months is not a lot of months to figure out if a business is for you. Most of the people I hear telling me they gave themselves a year or two, but you gave yourself six months, especially in New York City. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty impressive.
0: I think part of it was not to necessarily um, be really successful in that six months, but part of it was realizing, is this sustainable? That was the big question I asked myself was like, okay, um, I really want to know what people are doing as photographers. Like, what are they... Um, What kind of industry are they in and what kind of photography are they doing um, that I can do as a photographer that I can keep myself sustainable? That was the big question I was asking myself to explore in six months. And in that six months, I was like, if it doesn't work out, it's okay because I still have an engineering degree that I can fall on and I'll go back into engineering if that's the case.
1: (laughs) Oh, Okay, I get it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but generally speaking, an entrepreneur have a lot of pressure the pressure they put on themselves but also their own families so i'm wondering how was your support system during that time
0: yeah it's such a good question because i feel like jumping from one career going 180 to another career is not easy because i had no network i had no idea how to even Write an invoice. Like I had no idea how to do that. Um, I have no idea who to talk to. Um, I, I didn't have any mentors, and it didn't really stop me because you know what? They're out there. I think finding a network, finding a mentor, finding people to rely on, um, and learn more about the industry—they are out there. And I love what I love about social media is that you can connect with really anyone. Um, so I tapped into that. I started chatting with certain people on social media, started chatting with people on Facebook groups, um, and to get an idea of what the industry looks like, as well as to find mentors to lean on. And um, personally, in my personal life, a lot of people didn't get it. A lot of my friends are part of the corporate world. And they really didn't understand what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And to be honest, when I was first starting off, I didn't know what it was going to be either. And so they did the best they can to support me. Um, But you know, just cheering me on as and, and telling me like, Winnie, you can do it, we believe in you. Um, And that was one of the most uplifting thing I could probably ask for is my own personal support system and to find the community as entrepreneurs that I can help build. And I feel really lucky off the bat. I found um, I wasn't really off the bat. It was a couple of months in almost a year in. And I found um, Mel has stands in heels and Carmen um, of top Fly family to ladies who gave me a chance because of my personality to help them build their business and to help build their, they're, they're both influencers in different industries to help build their platform. And I've been working with them for about almost three to four years now.
1: Is it because of them that you was able to find clients?
0: Yeah, I think part of it is social media plays such a big role, bigger than people kind of suspect. Um, or maybe we do suspect it, but it's more about how do you, how do we use, utilize it? I, I feel really lucky that um, off the bat, they were like, Winnie, we believe in you. Um, and we are, they tagged me in all their photos. They made, they gave me shout outs. They, um, and in their blogs, they definitely, um, they made sure to tag my website. They gave me advice too. I think that's the most helpful thing is they gave me advice. They connected me with people they felt like were like-minded Um, And that was that was the best that was they really helped launch my career, I would say, like to have their support definitely meant Mm. to me. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess in your case, networking was everything.
0: Is everything. Community is everything. Which is why a lot of what I do now is giving back and providing, um, just keeping my doors open for newer creatives to talk to me, to have that conversation, because it's not easy in the beginning at all. Um, and I would not have been able to get to where I am without the support that I have. And community, network, I think they're interchangeable. Um, they, they're they definitely why I am where I am today.
1: Mm-hmm. So you've been doing it for three years, right?
0: Yeah, almost four. It's kind of crazy. It, it, it's, it's so hard. You know, entrepreneurship, there, I always feel like there's no one date, right? Um, I'm sure same for you where sometimes you're kind of like, I'm going to see how it goes. And you just kind of go with the flow to see what it is. Um and but it, it it's so crazy it's about 3 to 4 years like there's no certain date.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations. I'd like to know what did you learn these past 4 years? What would you have done differently?
0: Yeah, I think one thing that I would have done differently is um now more than ever in 2020 I've seen a lot of coaching programs and one thing I really really wish I did was I took the money I earn and invest in a business coach. And I say this because I could have learned how to send invoicing. I'm really stuck on invoicing. I think that's like my one one thing I remember learning in the beginning that I was like, oh, this is how you get paid. Okay. Um, um and I and I would hire a business coach because it would teach me all the fundamentals of running a business. You know, when is the right time to get an LLC? When is the right time to get an accountant? Like, I'm sure, Erica, you've been through there where, you're, where you've where you decided, um, or maybe because of your background, you know, but you just didn't know when was a good time, or even if you had to. I would have definitely, in the beginning of my career, invested in a business coach, or at least someone that could have provided this advice for me. Um, another thing I would have done differently is um, working on my mindset, working on the mentality that, oh... I can do it, that I, um, I'm not going to have that right answer, but it's important to just keep working, um, um, on the, on, and, and part of the battle is also like imposter syndrome, especially as a creative and like working on the mindset that like, I am good enough for what I'm doing and I just have to keep moving on. And I guess it did work cause I'm, I'm where I am today. Right. <laughs>
1: Yes, I mean, definitely. And and honestly, I've been talking to different type of entrepreneurs and everybody goes through the same thing. Imposter syndrome is something that is very common and uh, it's more a challenge you know, than, than anything. And you know what is human? Like you, you're facing a new challenge and you're wondering if you're going to succeed. And there's also social pressure. So it actually makes a lot of sense. And I don't think... That it's something that ever go away, but we all have to learn how to deal with this.
0: Yeah, and speaking of imposter syndrome, one of the things I learned in a recent clubhouse um, room was sometimes imposter syndrome means you're tackling the next thing, you're tackling something uncomfortable, and imposter syndrome just means that um, yes, you're uncomfortable with it, but that means you just have to keep doing it so you're comfortable with it and imposter syndrome will even though it's still there there's it's always going to be there it's just going to manifest into like something else you know so i i personally so whenever i get imposter syndrome i always feel like okay that means i'm i'm doing good i'm going in the right direction i'm tackling something big that's that's my mentality about it
1: (laughs) um you know early on you were talking about investment you know when an entrepreneur is starting their journey in the beginning most of them they don't have the means to invest in everything they would need to run their businesses. Um, so you mentioned a business coach. You believe that a business coach is essential. What are the other things that you consider Essentials in terms of investment in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I think if um, in terms of business coach, if that's it's a huge investment, it really is. But there are smaller classes that, um, like master classes, are similar that I would recommend to people, um, so that the investment is not as big, but the reward is still there. I would say. But outside of that, um, I. I feel like it's simple things that people don't really think about, you know. I like website. I always recommend um, that people have a website. I know it sounds very intuitive, but there's so many times I'm looking at another photographer's page and they don't have a website, and I'm shocked. And I was like, I just want to get to know you a little bit. I I always recommend getting a website. I think that really takes things to the next level. Um, and I, I always definitely definitely invest. That. I think part of it is equipment doesn't have to be the best thing. I think sometimes equipment, you just have to make sure, like for me as a, as a photographer, um, I, I have a camera, but the camera that I have now, it took me years, years in order to get the money to pay for this crazy, like three dollars camera. And that doesn't include the lens. So I always recommend to newer photographers that whatever you have is your best tool. Even if it's not necessarily the most luxurious camera, the biggest out there, the next big thing, whatever tool you have is the best tool. I always tell people that.
1: Hmm. That's very interesting. I was actually about to ask you that question. So thank you for answering that. It's very interesting because uh, I know like it's a stress, you know, at the beginning because it is so expensive. Those equipment are so expensive. So just figuring out, do I need to invest that much money right from the beginning when I don't even have a portfolio? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think part of it is building your portfolio, um, having a goal of getting the next camera and reaching that. I think that's kind of what I did. I think the first couple of photo shoots I did, you know, I, I definitely charged a little less than I would have, but I think that's so important because I was building off a not only the technical part of photography, but also client experience, I am developing how I'm going to communicate with my clients, how to get the photos that I was looking for that they were looking for how to build that. Um, I think that's so key. I think having that client experience is probably even more important than investing in equipment sometimes, because if the client really love their experience working with you or me, um, they will come back. And um, I think that's the that's I think that's more important than having the latest and greatest gear.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. And I want to come back to something you are saying, uh, websites. Um, I just want to add up to that. Most of people, when they're looking for a service provider, they actually use Google. I know that Instagram is pretty huge for photographers, but when you think about it, most of the photographers, their followings are mainly other photographers who admire their work. So you guys need to think about uh, the fact that when someone who's not a photographer is going to search for a photographer in their area, because usually you look for someone who's close to you, they're going to use Google. And like you just said, um, it's very important to know a little bit about your background uh, just because people connect with people um, and the reason why someone will hire Winnie and not, let's say, Julie is just because Winnie has such a great personality. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think A lot of times the website is so important. It comes hand in hand with Instagram, in my opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of photographers follow me, but I also have a lot of art directors who follow me and producers who follow me. And they love seeing the next thing that I'm doing because it really keeps me top of mind. I think a website is great for discovery um and also a great place for validation. I think Instagram plays the same role, but having a website, I think is the difference between an amateur versus a professional. In my opinion, I think it's because, like, for example, I was looking for retouchers to join my team to help me with um, my business. One thing I was looking for when I was looking for retouchers was what does your website look like? Are you trained as a retoucher? Do you have the skill set, I'm looking for And a lot of that was a I use Instagram as kind of like a personality vetting, kind of like what you're saying, Erica, um, like who they are as people. And I use website as like, checking their skill level. So that's why I think website is so key and so important to have. Whereas like Instagram, I feel like it's just a way to connect with other people.
1: Yeah, definitely. And also it's great for um, just getting inspired. I'm not a photographer and I do follow a lot of photographers just for inspiration. So it depends in which field you are. Uh, But like you said, it's true that a website is just professional because I've been in that situation myself where I found a photographer on Instagram and then I wanted to just check out their websites. And it actually turned me off when I realized they don't, because in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, they're just testing it. Like they're just figuring out if they like it. You follow what I mean?
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly what I was saying. The difference between um, amateur or professional. And I think if if you're a photographer out there and you want to be taken more seriously, having that website is definitely a simple, easy way to level up it took, I actually just rebranded my whole website. I've had the same website for about three to four years. Um, I guess four years, right. (laughs) And I just rebranded it this year. And I think it was important for me to do that because I'm not the same person I was three years ago. I found a website template that kind of worked for me on Squarespace and was like, Hey, okay, I'm going to build it up and I'm going to make it reflect who I am now.
1: Mm, I love this. It's branding. I love that you're saying that because I think that people are not aware that their brand can evolve. What you thought you were at the beginning is going to evolve. Um, Going back to uh, Instagram, back in fall, you took some time off from Instagram and I remember you saying to your followers that you did it and nothing bad happened. And I love that, but at the same time, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that you are a photographer and Instagram is a great platform for photographers. So, I'm just curious, where do you find most of your clients? Is it from Instagram or from, you know, like Google?
0: Yeah, I a lot of my clients find me through word of mouth. And they use Instagram as like a validation tool. So, for example, that time I took a break, um, I wasn't on Instagram, um, meaning that I wasn't actively checking on it. I didn't post anything new. I didn't interact with anyone. And, you know, in marketing, they always tell you, you want to be top of mind, you know, you know, connect with as many people as you can. But for me, I was like, no, I need a break because I was so swamped with work. I was so busy to the point where I was up until 1 or 2 a.m. every day just just editing or doing client communication. So I knew I had to turn something off and, like, just step away from it. And, like, here in the States, we also had the election. So I was like, huh, I am not going to be on social media for a while. Um, so it was very important for me to step away from my mental state um but in terms of where my clients find me they find me a lot through word of mouth and i made sure that at least i had my website and i also had my email address that if anyone was looking for me they can communicate with me that way uh because a lot of what i do is word of mouth a lot of times i get referred via email so a lot of my communication a lot of the way that i build my community with my clients is through emails checking up on them especially when the pandemic happened, I emailed a lot of my clients to make sure they were okay, that they were safe, that they were they needed any support, that I was there for them. Yes, I did the same on Instagram for a lot of my photographer friends and a lot of people who follow me, but I think most important was like that direct personal email connecting with people. Um, and then on top of that was realizing that um, Instagram, it's a great tool, but it's not an end-all. Like I have a lot of friends who... Don't post on Instagram a lot, are not active on Instagram, and they still get clients because a they're still keeping their DMs open, they're still emailing clients, they're still having that open communication, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, you mentioned sending emails to your clients and so forth, and that makes me think about management as a photographer. How you manage your clients and so forth, and when someone say, "I'm a photographer." Most people just think about pretty pictures, but being a photographer is so much more than that. So, what are the things you wished that new photographer, as much as potential clients, understood about what taking pictures actually implies?
0: Oh my gosh, so many things! It's just talking about. Or have you ever seen those reels or TikTok videos where they're like, um, "Who is running? Who?" how many team players are running the business and it's and they have the full house theme and i think it's really funny because as a photographer i'm not only um i'm not only just taking pretty photos and yes that's part of the big thing but i'm also trying to understand brands and how to curry photos that match their branding. Like, yeah, it's about my branding, but it's also about their branding too. And then on top of that, I'm also my, well, I hired an accountant, but before early on, I was my own accountant. Um, I had active Excel sheets just to make sure that I could run my business and I was making sure I could pay everything off. Um, Two, I'm my own copywriter. I am not a strong copywriter, but I – try my best to make sure that my, all the copies were good. Um, oh, I'm sure you're nodding your head, Erica, because I'm sure you feel the same way about it. Um, and then three, um, those are like the main things like counting and copy, but I'm also my own social media manager. I'm also my own marketing manager. I answer my emails myself. I edit all the photos myself. There's so many layers to what I'm doing and I, and there's not enough hours in the day. I will, I will admit. I wish, I wish, I um, I had like you know, 36 hours in a day, maybe.
1: <laughs> so actually, how do you prioritize? Yeah,
0: I think the best. Um, that's such a good question because one, is, I'm still struggling on that. You know, four years later, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to manage my time. Um, but it's gotten better, and a couple of things that's really helped me along the years um, is batch batching. Um, you know, everyone talks about batching. And one of the things I did was, okay, today's a day where I'm going to work on my Instagram. I'm going to come up with ideas and I'm going to, um, work on my Instagram and then I'm going to convert that into blog posts. And then, I mean, my blog post is like non-existent, but, um, trying to keep that mentality of like, how can I use one thing in different ways Another thing that I, um, batching, I also recommend even just like each day. So for example, Mondays might be my admin day and Tuesdays and Thursdays are my call days, Wednesdays and Fridays are my shooting days. So I try to keep that schedule. It doesn't always follow and that's okay. Um, I'm, it's easy to move things around. Uh, but part of it is also realizing that like, um, I can, if I designate these days for these activities, for these tasks, then I can actually get more stuff done. Um, and also, um, sleeping is um, is definitely something I'm working on. <laughs> I sometimes get maybe like six hours of sleep, maybe, but or less than that, just to make sure that I'm prepared for a photo shoot the next day, or prepared for a meeting
1: so do you use any tools for time management uh you know like i don't know some people use asana some people use google you know just google calendar what do you use
0: oh my gosh i'm a i'm addicted to google i feel like if i today, lose my Google calendar, I wouldn't know what to do in my life. <laughs> like, for example, I remember even setting up this podcast call, you sent me a Google calendar link. And I was like, yes, this is perfect. This is my life. This everything is um, I live off of Google. And I have this a scheduler that is based off of my Google. So it's kind of like Calendly, which I'm, I'm sure you've heard of too. where um, mm-hmm. what it is, is it looks at your calendar and it and People can choose times to meet with you based off of what your calendar is. And you can add parameters as much as you need. Um, same, I've also heard of Asana. I use Asana to communicate with my assistant, but I also use Asana to just drop ideas. You know, sometimes I'm on the train, I'm going to a photo shoot. I use Asana and I just drop ideas there and I um, group it between like marketing ideas, Instagram ideas, um, you know, and other, and I have other categories as well. Um, And then I try to use, I live off of my uh, my Gmail a lot. So what I do is I actually send messages to myself. I just, and my to-do list is my Gmail. So I kind of go through it. Every day, and I just kind of make sure that, like, oh, um, I'm hitting all the points. I'm responding to emails. Okay, I see this. Maybe I'll reply to it tomorrow and I'll just kind of leave it unread. So that's just the habit I've kind of developed in all these years. Um, And then for photography related, um, for photography related, one thing that's really helped me is I use um, Honeybook as my client management tool, meaning I have templates that um Honeybook saves for me that I send to my clients um so that the contract is always gonna be the same. I don't have to like dig up information every time I need to write out a contract. Um, and then on top of that I also use um Pixie Set, which is a great gallery delivery tool because um it's just so beautiful when someone clicks on the you know I send them a gallery I'm like hey your photos are done editing. I send them a gallery, it's through Pixie Set, and it's just beautifully laid out like a magazine. So um, these are great ways to not only making sure that I do my business well, that I make sure that my clients and I are on the same page, but it just represents my branding. It represents like, it's so clean It and and it, and it really takes things to the next level. So all these are great tools that I've kind of like integrated in my lifestyle to make sure that I can send out the best quality work.
1: Mm-hmm. And speaking about client management, what actually are the most common mistakes that photographers make when it comes to client management?
0: Oh, I think one thing that, um, I've battled with and I've definitely overcome, and I think it's really important is to realize when you're wrong, to realize when like, yeah, you know, I could have done better. Um, that's part of the communication and expectation part of client management. Um, the reason why I say that is because, um, when we're setting expectations with our clients, it's important to tell them exactly what the process is like, what is to be expected on both sides. Um, I think that's really important to share. And I think communication is in line with that. That's kind of, yeah, I think that's part of client management that people really don't talk about is that, you know, not everything's going to go right. It's just a matter of trying your best not to make sure the next time, it doesn't go wrong too. You know, right, Erica? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And actually, speaking about being clear, one of the things that I feel like people, sometimes they take time to talk about it, it's their price. And I think just talking about this makes people feel uncomfortable, you know? Um, And I'm pretty sure... That, you know, when you started out, you went through the struggle of just figuring out how you were going to price your client. And on top of it, you live in New York. New York is an expensive city. So how did you figure this out?
0: Yeah, pricing. Oh, man. Okay. It's time to take out the alcohol. It is such a difficult um, topic, I think, because part of it is um, the transparency aspect of it. Um, And it was so in the beginning was so hard for me to figure out pricing. I think part of that was realizing that like I cannot just take my corporate job and what the hourly was and charge my hourly because I forgot to think about the cost of running my business. I forgot about the cost of running my website or I forgot about the cost of taxes oh my gosh, taxes. Yeah. I forgot that I have to save money for taxes. And then, um, I also forgot that like, yeah, to, in order to afford these client management tools, all of the tools that I mentioned, well, except for Google, um, they, they take, they take, they're costly. They, there's money involved in that. And I forgot to include all of that when I was thinking about pricing, but Hey, I think having that communication with, um, having that community with other people, started having these bigger conversations with them because I, we wanted each other to succeed. And um, I had a very frank conversations with other photographers in my network. And I asked them like, Hey, you know, I'm just starting off. What do you recommend that I charge for the value of my photos and for the value that I'm putting in? And I think value is so important to talk about because um, just because I'm four years in my my business and someone else is two years in my business does not mean that we provide different values. We might actually provide the same value of photos um, and our client experience that, um, we, sh- we should charge the same. I think that's so important to share. It has nothing to do with experience levels sometimes. And I think it has to do more with quality of work and client experience, which is why we can charge what we charge or find out what our pricing is. And I think that's part of like the bigger conversation I have with a lot of photographers is, um, hey, what are you charging? How much time do you really spend on this? What are you doing in your business that you can um, charge little or charge a lot? And that's when I come up with something that I'm comfortable with with the quality of work that I deliver. So, yeah, I think pricing is a very it, there's so many variables that come into pricing. One of the best things I've learned in 2020 was if you feel like you're really booked and you feel like you're 80% booked, it's time to raise your price. It's time to make sure that you are giving value to work because people are hiring you and it's important that you make sure that you are um that you are comfortable and that you can afford to live your certain lifestyle that's just me there's a, I have a lot to say about pricing and value but i'm gonna leave it there as something as like a nibble to really for people to think about
1: you already gave amazing tips so thank you for sharing that and speaking of value that makes me think about like the importance of professional photography and you know nowadays we see people advertising themselves as photographers and um, we live in a digital age And everybody can claim to be a photographer, and even entrepreneurs themselves, often they think they can take pictures of themselves for their own businesses. And I'm just thinking about the professional photographers, what kind of argument they should give to potential clients to make them understand the value of what is a good photography compared to someone who's taking pictures with their point-and-shoot camera?
0: Yeah, I mean, people can tell. People can tell when there's skill involved or there's no skill involved. People can tell. Like, because we live in a digital age, We can look at a photo and say, oh, yeah, I can definitely tell that's professionally done or not, because um, I think also when you hire a professional photographer and the photo shows, I think it says something about um, the brand that hires or the person that hires a photographer. Um, I think that means they're there trying to level up. They do value what they're working on. And I think that's important. But I also understand that maybe for social media, not every photo has to be perfect. We live, you know, it's so different now than it was five years ago where I felt like Instagram was so perfectly curated. Whereas now I realize that, no, people don't care about that. The audience really cares about your thoughts, the imperfections. They care about what you're doing at the moment. They don't need that curated photo as much. So the only time in which I highly recommend people to hire professional photographers is a you're using it for your business you really want people to take you seriously Reco- I always recommend hiring a professional photographer for that b. maybe you're a corporate brand and you need professional photos done because I think that sells better you know you want your return and investment you can't take an iPhone photo and hope that people will take you seriously unless you're really good at what you do uh, with an iPhone otherwise generally people can tell and they will think that you're not taking yourself seriously the brand is not taking themselves seriously and they're not going to necessarily invest you know um, and I think those two points are really important so I think that's the times when you hire a photographer you know you hire someone who's Helping you create something from start to end. And a lot of times people hire photographers because they don't have that creative aspect of it. They don't have a creative aspect of um, developing a a visual from nothing into something. And I think that's when you hire a photographer to help you do that. Someone on iPhone can't do that. Someone, that's the reality of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You made some valid points right now. Thank you. Um, so we're moving toward the end of this interview and I have a last question for you. Would you share your top five most important tips for solopreneurs growing their businesses?
0: Yes, I five tips. Okay, um, the first one that I have for everyone is, um, and this was an advice given to me by Mel. Um, she said that, first thing she said to me was, don't listen to the naysayers. You know, there are going to a lot of people who are going to say, no, you shouldn't do this. You should do this, you know, or no, I don't think that's going to work. And it's important that we kind of keep to we realize that it's our passion and we work towards it. Don't listen to the naysayers. Um, The second tip I want to give people is that network community is key. There's a saying out there that's like your network is your net worth. And I value that. And I completely agree with that because I wouldn't be here today as a photographer, as a creative um, successful in my business without my community supporting me all the way. And the reason why m- what I do is a lot of word of mouth is because people know that I'm providing good value and that they know that and they will share with other people. And to Oh, no, sorry. Three. I'm up to three. I'm losing count. (laughs) Three is keep sharing your art. Um, I think part of it is um, I think we get discouraged sometimes or we're like, maybe it's not good enough. You know, it doesn't look like that person. Um, But I always tell people, no, keep sharing your art because someone will see it. Someone will hire for you it and keep sharing art that you want to keep producing. For example, I create um, I photograph a lot of bright and vivid imagery. It's very bright. It's very colorful. And that's what I want to get hired for because I love creating photos like this because I want to make people happy. And it makes me happy whenever I see my photos. And um, I'm not going to create a dark and moody photo. That's just not it. Um, so for a lot of that, I always tell people keep creating your art. Someone will see it. They'll resonate with you and you'll find your community with that. Um, the fourth tip is there's no shortcut in life. Unfortunately, I get a lot of people who ask me like, hey, how do I find clients? And I have to tell them there's no shortcut. You just have to build your community. You have to build your network. And from there, people will see how hard you're working and it will pay off. I promise. I promise. And my last tip for everyone is work with what you have. If you don't have the latest, greatest camera, that is okay. You don't need to buy the latest, greatest camera. Work with what you have. Create the best art that you can. And I promise you that one day you can get that camera that you wanted, um, but you have to keep, keep working what you have to, in order to create the best work that's kind of like my general five tips that I have for people.
1: And those were dope tips. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer all my questions. I appreciate you so much.
0: Thank you, Erica, for having me today. You are just the sweetest and the best, best moderator. Like you're, you're awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So before leaving, would you tell my audience where they could find you?
0: On Instagram, you can find me at winnielaufotos.com. That's W-I-N-I-L-A-O photos. Um, And you can always find me on my website. I guess since we talk so much about website, right? So it's just www.winielau.com. So this is kind of like the two main places that I'm always at that people can always find me and stay in touch for sure.
1: Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: You too. Have a great day.
1: That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you rate this podcast a five star. If we help me keep this going. Talk to you soon.